self-pity. I am Carl. Man. <laughs> nailing the topic. I'm Carl. No, I'm, I'm Carl. Not nailing the topic. I'm Carl. This is an alcoholic. Gee whiz. <laughs> What's the priority? Okay, August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is Sober Pod. Sober Pod is the podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery. We are not experts or professionals, just a varying number of deeply flawed individuals with good intentions. If you would like to hear about the 12 steps, check out season two of 2019 for the years long coverage of 50 plus episodes. And it goes without saying, we do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations. And as always, we encourage you to listen in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a mouthful. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel hey. like a. <sighs> but, you know, if we don't say it, then people are going to be like, hey, you know, there's these people trying to, you know, come off like something that they're not. You know what I mean? Like, if, they, if we yeah. didn't say all the disclaimers. We're not or, profesh. We're not that profesh. We're definitely not that profesh. Okay. What do you think of the new music, honestly? I love it. Do you love it? I love it so much. Okay. You know, it's got I, you know, the hip hop vibes. That's totally just, up my alley. It is. It is. It is. I am trying to appeal to our younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> you see my, I changed my name. Like for those of you who are, um, Ooh, who are watching bad. the video today, I am C money. C money. C money. Mo money. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I and, and I'll be just Carl, just Carl, Carl. Hmm. old man Carl. <laughs> uh, I'm old man Carl. So today we're uh, so I guess if you guys didn't know, like we just recently did two interviews. So if you're just joining us, if you're newly getting sober, what we were doing is we were going through the book Living Sober. So good for you because it has a lot of good like tips and tricks on how to stay sober, especially uh, in early sobriety. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, so you can go back to uh, this year, uh, New Beginnings is the title of the episode, and you can start listening from there to kind of catch up along with us to uh, go through the book Living Sober, where we uh, listen to a portion or chapter of Living Sober, and then Chelsea and I, we discuss amongst ourselves. We discuss right? the um, things. <laughs> we discuss <laughs> the things that are more like the things. Anyway. Um, and so, um, so, but our last two episodes were interviews, which I thought were kind of cool. What did you think of the interviews? I thought they we were don't great. Do interviews? No, we don't. Yeah. I think we've kind of stayed away from that, you know, because ugh, we, we everybody are just does interviews. That, that yeah. but also we're so interesting. Like people just can't <laughs> get enough of us. <laughs> well, I like to think of us as like you know, like like actually talking about recovery rather than yeah, you know, yeah, and again. You know, the limited people that we've had, like we've maintained like this four person thing. We've had a few guests and whatnot, but they we maintain the same format, which is cool. But but in this mm -hmm. case, like the last uh, two were definitely interviews. And so I, I, I don't know. I just thought I got I, I got some feedback from one of our listeners that said, uh, can you just shorten your fucking questions? Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess my questions are really long and drawn out. And they're not really succincted to the point. 
Um, well, it's because I'm not re- I'm not really writing them down either. I have it all in my yeah. head. Yeah. So, but whatevs, people, fucking That's people. That's fine. That's fucking, fine. Fucking people. <laughs> back to our regularly okay. sh- scheduled, yeah, uh, scheduled shit show. <laughs> so here we are, back to our regular scheduled shit show. <laughs> um, so we are going to be our as as promised, even though it's a couple weeks late, as promised. Uh, we are. This is twenty two eliminating self pity, and this is um, uh, I don't know, like seven minutes long, and some of you will definitely identify with this, uh, with this topic as I do. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're gonna get into it. Let me uh, let me not describe what I'm doing right now. I am not I am sharing not my screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Look what sharing. Zoom has done to us. <laughs> and I'm going to. You're on mute, Carl. <laughs> well, hold on a second. It's not even coming up anymore. Oh, dang it! What is going on? Hold on. Oh, geez, I'm gonna have to edit this. Share. Okay. Chrome tab. Oh, there it is. It was for whatever reason. It was bringing up my other stuff. I'm glad I talked this through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to be playing uh, Living Sober from uh, AA.org, and this section is 22. It's called Eliminating Self-Pity, seven minutes. Um, So after we're done listening, we we will discuss. Are you ready, Chelsea? I'm ready. Are you pumped? I'm so pumped. Are you ready? Are you ready to rock? Are you standing on your own two feet? Yes. Here it is. Here it is. 22. Eliminating self-pity. This emotion is so ugly (laughs) that no one in his or her right mind wants to admit feeling it. Even when sober, many of us remain clever at hiding from ourselves the fact that we are in a mess of self-pity. We do not like at all being told that it shows. And we are quick to argue that we are experiencing some other emotion, not that loathsome poor me-ism. Or we can, in a second, find a baker's dozen of perfectly legitimate reasons for feeling somewhat sorry for ourselves. Hanging over us long after detoxification is the comfortably familiar feeling of suffering. Self-pity is an enticing swamp. Sinking into it takes so much less effort than hope or faith or just plain moving. Alcoholics are not unique in this. Everyone who can recall a childhood pain or illness can probably remember, too, the relief of crying over how bad we felt and the somewhat perverse satisfaction of rejecting all comforting. Almost any human being, at times, can deeply empathize with the childish whine of leave me alone. One form self-pity takes in some of us when we first get sober is, Poor me, why can't I drink like everybody else? Everybody? Why does this have to happen to me? Why do I have to be an alcoholic? Why me? Such thinking is a great ticket to a barroom, but that's about all. Crying over that unanswerable question is like weeping because we were born in this era, not another, or on this planet, rather than in some other galaxy. 
Of course, it isn't just me at all, we discover when we begin to meet recovered alcoholics from all over the world. Later on, we realize we have begun to make our peace with that question. When we really hit our stride in an enjoyable recovery, we may either find an answer or simply lose interest in the search. You'll know when that happens to you. Many of us believe we have figured out the likely reasons for our own alcoholism, but even if we haven't, there remains the much more important need to accept the fact that we cannot drink and to act on it. Sitting in our own pool of tears is not a very effective action. Some people show real zeal for pressing salt into their own wounds. A ferocious proficiency at that useless game often survives from our drinking days. We can also display a weird flair for expanding a minor annoyance into a whole universe of gloom. When the mail brings a whopping telephone bill, just one, we bemoan our constantly being in debt and declare it will never, never end. When a souffle falls, we say it proves that we never could and never will do anything right. When the new car arrives, we say to somebody, with my luck, it'll be a... If you finish that statement with the name of a sour citrus, you're in our club. It's as if we carried on our back a large duffel bag stuffed with unpleasant memories, such as childhood hurts and rejections. Twenty, even forty years later, there occurs a small setback only slightly similar to an old one in the bag. That is our cue to sit down, unshoulder the bag, and pull out and lovingly caress one at a time every old hurt and put-down of the past. With total emotional recall, we then relive each of them vividly, flushing with shame at childhood embarrassments, grinding our teeth on old angers, rewording old quarrels, shivering with nearly forgotten fear— or maybe blinking away a tear or two over a long-gone disappointment in love. Those are fairly extreme cases of unadulterated self-pity, but not beyond recognition by anybody who has ever had, seen, or wanted to go on a crying jag. Its essence is total self-absorption. We can get so stridently concerned about me, 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 that we lose touch with virtually everyone else. It's not easy to put up with anyone who acts that way, except a sick infant. So when we get into the poor me bog, we try to hide it, particularly from ourselves. But that's no way to get out of it. Instead, we need to pull out of our self-absorption, stand back, and take a good honest look at ourselves. Once we recognize self-pity for what it is, we can start to do something about it, other than drink. Friends can be a great help if they're close enough that we can talk openly with each other. They can hear the false note in our song of sorrow and call us on it. Or we ourselves may hear it. We begin to get our true feelings sorted out by the simple means of expressing them aloud. Another excellent weapon is humor. Some of the biggest belly laughs at AA meetings erupt when a member describes his or her own latest orgy of self-pity— and we listeners find ourselves looking into a funhouse mirror. There we are, grown men and women tangled up in the emotional diaper of an infant. It may be a shock, but the shared laughter takes a lot of the pain out of it, and the final effect is salutary. When we catch self-pity starting, we also can take action against it with instant bookkeeping. 
For every entry of misery on the debit side, we find a blessing we can mark on the credit side. What health we have, what illnesses we don't have, what friends we have loved, the sunny weather, a good meal a-coming, limbs intact, kindnesses shown and received, a sober twenty-four hours, a good hour's work, a good book to read, and many other items can be totaled up to outbalance the debit entries that cause self-pity. We can use the same method to combat the holiday blues, which are sung not only by alcoholics. Christmas and New Year's, birthdays and anniversaries throw many other people into the morass of self-pity. In AA, we can learn to recognize the old inclination to concentrate on nostalgic sadness or to keep up a litany of who is gone, who neglects us now, and how little we can give in comparison to rich people. Instead, we add up the other side of the ledger, in gratitude for health, for loved ones who are around, and for our ability to give love now that we live in sobriety. And again, the balance comes out on the credit side. Chelsea? Carl, you didn't tell me this was another fucking gratitude episode. Kind of is, huh? And we'll talk about the solution, <laughs> really. It's about, I mean, they, they pretty much say it right here, you know, uh, when, you, uh, um, when you're feeling like shit, you know, start listing all the things that, you know, you got, right? Your health, blah, blah, blah. So it does kind of go with gratitude, which reminds me, I didn't do my gratitude thing today. Oh, maybe I should do that right now. Hey, um, so, um. So were you a were you a self pity person? Well, yeah, I think I still am sometimes. Um, yeah, you know this this whole living sober thing. I it kind of transports me back to my early days in recovery, um, and part of that I think is because when I was actively drinking. I was all about the pity party. Like if mm. you if you had been through what I had, you would drink too. If you had my job, you would drink too. And all of this shit is happening to me. Nothing good ever happens for me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it took a while to get out of that negative headspace, you know, and um to start seeing the positive in sobriety because when you first get sober, you're just looking at a pile of shit you've created. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's kind of hard to find gratitude in that, but even fuck, even today, like, like I said, I still struggle with this because we're selfish assholes sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, I neglected to, um, text my, uh, my friend who I study with and tell her I was <clears throat> picking up a shift this weekend and I couldn't study with her and, um, I was just like, I'm so stressed out. I've got all this stuff going on and I'm, I'm dealing with it by means of unhealthy coping mechanisms. And she just like told me she had been bawling all day because she's so stressed out. And I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I, it's not all about me. <laughs> like, I am not the only person going through shit right now. Uh, and yeah. um, it was kind of a reality check. And I was like, oh, my God, what can I do to help you? And it instantly, like, <laughs> I don't know, it brought me back to reality that um, you're being selfish and um, other people have feelings and needs, too. But 
what did this kind of dig up in your memory bank, Carl? Well, I'll tell you, Chelsea. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, like the the sayings of, um, uh, you know, it's not that I think too highly or too low of myself. It's that I think only of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, I, you know, I was, if you haven't guessed, uh, I was a very dark and morose uh, ch- child, right? Like I, like, so when I, I literally, you know, this is the type of, and I know you guys are going to go, ah, oh, shit. Carl was, a, Carl was an emo before emo was emo, right? <laughs> and, and so I, I, but I was, I was a gothic kid, right? Like that's what I did. Like I was, you know, uh, I wore, uh, you know, uh, uh, all black. I wore it from, from 1986, I think to about 19. 19- 92 maybe 91 i wore all black so like I did that. and i was like and i and I, I you know i love morrissey man you know i love like you know i like i love feeling like shit you know and even later <laughs> like i older see i still love uh tom waits if you guys know who tom waits is right like i fucking like tom waits oh my god his whole persona is a drunken crooner right and he just feel you know you know from um you know it, like Either way, I loved feeling like shit. I loved it. I I just thought, um, you know, the more the thicker and the more darker it got, the better. And I just loved having all that same shit that you talk about. Like if you grew up how I grew up, if those things happened to you, you'd fucking be the same person too. Like you you'd feel just as shitty as I do. Don't you know I would use that to justify with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you don't get to tell me <laughs> you know, you fucking candy apple motherfucker, you know, or whatever it was. Like I always used anything I could like that to just continue to stay in my own shit. I mean, I love sitting in my own shit. It just was just part of it, right? Um, you know, what they talk about uh, in that article, they talked about, uh, you know, morass, right? Like, you know, morass of self-pity. And that's a direct lift out of, uh, you know, the AA Big Book, which it talks about, you know, this is like when uh, Bill W. was um, uh, at his bottom. And he basically said, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. The quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. So, you know, for those last few years of my drinking, really, it was just, I mean, I was like, I was dripping in sweet, sweet self-pity. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I fucking loved it. I loved it. I can't tell you, like, how um, that to me was like, um, like, you know, uh, like Ellen, right? When Ellen's on the show, she would talk about being anger. Like anger was her fucking vibe, right? Like mm-hmm. mine was self-pity. Like mine was just like, because it, not only was it self-pity, like the negative part of me, this shit I could really identify with, but it was all about me, right? And mm-hmm. that you couldn't come at me with anything else because I'm, you know, I'm just sweating it out with, over here in self-pity. I just loved it. Um you know, but here's today. It's really hard, actually. Today is that weird? Like, I, I when I start feeling that shit, I'm like, nah, this ain't working. Like, this ain't doing it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I just think that's childish today. I have a, um, I have a sponsee. I'm not gonna name any names, but uh, he is fucking king of self pity, mm-hmm. and just and I hear that, and he'll call me up, and I'll be like, oh shit. 
Like, you know, he's just in it. And it doesn't matter even if you call him out on it, right? And mm-hmm. say, like, dude, like this, you're just you're just fucking wallowing in self-pity right now. So what? Right? And uh you're like, what are you gonna do about it? Right? You know, get over it. Like that kind of a thing. You know, not get over it, but you know what I mean. And it's clear that the dude's so and if you said like, you know, anything, he just ignores it and moves on. And I am like, oh, like not only is self-pity like rich with this person, but denial is also rich with him. So mm-hmm. those two in conjunction can really keep you down for a real long time. I get do you know anybody today that is in self pity? Um I do, but it's not someone I'm it was a a staff member um that is no longer. Okay. But um everything, you know, it didn't matter like what the conversation was. It was always about how that person had it worse or, you know, they would like make light of um, like how bad their childhood was. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is a workplace, ma'am. Like, why are (laughs) like, you don't have to tell me that, you know, but anyway, um, it was was frustrating (laughs) because um, using using those experiences to justify your behavior Mm -hmm. is just frustrating when you do it over and over again at least like when it's not me (laughs) like me seeing that I'm like okay and and what's the next step just Mm -hmm. continue to like swim around and you're you know whatever they called it your enticing swamp (laughs) it's like what is up with this dude and the metaphors I know but so many but um you know and then just no accountability at all um yeah I think in order to kind of get yourself out of some of that self-pity is you have to be accountable you have to own your that's assuming that somebody wants out yes that is assuming yeah Yeah. and that they're willing to make an effort yeah um so if you're that person who is just not ready, um, my my best goes out to you because if I if I were in your shoes, if I had stayed in my misery, my sadness, my poor me, um, I would never grow, and I probably wouldn't stay sober. I'd say, "What's the point? I'm a piece mm-hmm. of shit anyway. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go drink," mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I think you I think you nailed it with the. Um with the taking the the responsibility, you know, there's, it's super easy to sit back and say like, again, you know, if you had my life, you, you drink like I do too. If you had my, uh, upbringing, you know, you drink like I did too. And, um, and then again, like, but if you truly don't want to continue to behave like that, you, it's, it, you know, we have to, like, it's what they say just in general. Like, you know, we have to act our way into right thinking. We can't think our way into right acting right so um so that's kind of what this is about more or less it's like you know if like for me you know at in the early days i totally was the boy i sat in meetings and i was just like this fucking sucks and i did do the why me why me why am i an alcoholic like why you Mm know uh it's like what came first you know the chicken or the keg uh (laughs) yeah it's like to me it was i i uh, you know, because I, I was like, okay, was it because of my family? Was it because of my drinking? Was it, you know, did I drink in excess? Like, where did I cross the line? And why am I like this? Why this? You know, 
And then it even, and, and some of us will do that and we will go through, which I did do myself. Like I tried to get to like the causes and concerns of my drinking. Like, why did I do what I did? And why did I drink like I did? I think, you know, I came up with some answers, right? Like the, to the best of my ability, but ultimately, you know, my best answer at this stage is really that I'm an alcoholic <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, cause, and that's it. But it took me a long time. Like they say, like it takes a long time to like really own that title. Mm-hmm. Like, cause or, or to re- it just be an acceptance of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it does suck. And I think for somebody new to recovery, like that's like, it seems so defeatist and it just seems like the last thing you ever want to say about yourself because it just seems like, Talk about self-pity. Well, now I'm just a fucking alcoholic. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just another thing to add to the thing that you're just not, you know, like everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I think that, that can really do some some tr- some brain somersaults as well. So what about, did you ever do any somersaults about your drinking? Like, do you ever like question, oh, why me? Why poor, poor me? That kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think... In part, like early on, it was like, well, why me? Because I want to keep drinking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why do I have to be an alcoholic when I yeah. love alcohol? Yeah. You know, just kind of the twisted thinking. But, um, you know, like, I'm never going to I mean, it makes sense fun. to me. <laughs> I, okay, I'm glad because it's it's insane and i know that but it is what it is you know i was yeah. i was um having a pity party because i couldn't drink anymore and mm. it was giving up something i really enjoyed thought i enjoyed also ruined my life but you know we're going to just you know be sad that i can't have what i want yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you know so so i did i did feel um kind of anger and sadness that oh I'm I'm an alcoholic but here's the thing like an alcoholic is whatever you decide to do with that you know you can turn it into a good thing and be you know a sponsor or um, help someone else out Um, or you can become a cliche alcoholic that continues to drink until they die it's Mm -hmm. really what you decide to do with that information and if you don't subscribe to titles whatever um just know that you have an issue with alcohol probably if you're listening to this podcast right now just saying yeah i was saying you got to ask like why did you end up here but so but what i hear you saying is um is really about choices right you know now that Mm -hmm. now that you know the the truth about yourself or what you've come to understand to be the truth about yourself i guess is you know, and I guess that's the other thing. Like, what are the, there's like quotes out there on the internet, that like you know, I'd rather go through life convinced that I'm an alcoholic rather than trying to convince myself that I'm not one, right? Well, like yeah. then spend the rest of my life like, trying to prove to, that I'm not, you know, something not one. like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, and and that's where um, you know, I think for me it was like I I just. I resigned from a lot of debating societies, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know. So whether it be higher power, whether it be I'm an alcoholic. What I do know is this: is that I could not drink like other people I knew that drank. I just couldn't. I tended to do it differently, and they would talk about just doing it on a Saturday, and I would think to myself, I wish I could just do it on a Saturday, right? But I couldn't, so I had to come to terms with that basic shit. And then you're right. Like once I came to, once I got my 
once I got out of my pity potty, my two year long pity potty, uh, I really like, um, what was I going to do about it? Right. That, and that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. You have a choice. And it, my sponsor says to me all the time, it's like, it's, it's not what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. So what, so I guess, what is your response to, you know, the truth about yourself? And it, and it comes down to like some simple fucking shit some days, doesn't it? Like, you know, uh, I, I shouldn't pick up a drink. If I've got, you know, if, if I've, if I've gotten at least 24 hours, man, I know I can get another, right? But, um, but I should probably stop wrestling with the, with the, with the idea that someday I will drink like a normal person, right? Because mm-hmm. to me, that was just kind of thing. So I had, but the process of the steps really helped that. The first step, second step, blah, blah, blah. Going to meetings really helped that stuff. Talking to others, doing this podcast, obviously, really like kind of solidifies it. Cause if you can sit around, week after week and, talk, and listening to podcasts. If you're listening to podcasts about recovery week after week or day after day, yeah, you're fucking alcohol. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, and you're looking for solutions. So I guess here's the thing, you know, for me, it was really about solutions. It was about actions. Like, what was I going to do about it? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, first and foremost, I was going to get honest with myself and just about everybody else around me that I fucking could not manage life the way that it was coming at me and I needed to do something different, but I didn't, I did not know what that shit was. I swear to you, I did not know what it was, but that's why I gravitated to rooms like, you know, the, or the Reddit stop drinkings and, and because people were talking about like what they did otherwise. And mm-hmm. I just didn't have any, I had no concept after, to, you know, after about 15 years of drinking. So I went to AA and I did stuff like in the rooms and I read books on like sobriety and recovery and what it meant to like not drink, you know, period. Um, and that just, um, that just pointed me in the right direction in order to like start to get the benefits of what it is that we're talking about, you know, which is again, people would say, Oh, you know, do a gratitude list or, you know, if you can't, you know, can't do a gratitude list. Just look around you right now. It's like, what do you have? Like, I mean, more than likely you're listening on what a, a phone or computer, right? So you have a phone or a computer, which is like, you know, a lot more than some people. Have, right? But you know, start looking you know, for fingers. Yeah. You got your hearing, right? I mean, <laughs> basic shit, real basic <laughs> shit. And, um, and I know because, you know, I lost my hearing in my left ear, um, uh, in, uh, uh, 2017 before we started doing this podcast. And, um, and I didn't think I could do a podcast, right? Because I'm like, oh, you know, I lost my hearing and my, what do I know? You know, I can't hear anything. You know, I did that for a couple of days and I was like, so what? Like I can look at the meters, like on the audio outputs. I have one good ear. I could switch headphones to check if it was in stereo. I love that, um, for, for about six weeks in 2018, that the, um, audio just came out of the right uh, channel and nobody told me <laughs> it didn't come out of the left channel. I thought that was funny, right? Because it's like, but again, I had a lot of self pity over that to start, right? Mm-hmm. Because I I love music and I had tinnitus and oh shit, you know. But you know what? I was like, but and I really changed it. I was like, well, what can I do though, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than what can't I do, all right, what can I do? And there, I found out there's a lot of shit that I can do with just one fucking ear, you know. Mm-hmm. So so what? Right. And, and it, that's just how it goes. It's like, I didn't fucking sit around and fucking, I was going to get a tattoo though of like a broken speaker icon. Like, you know, 
like right <laughs> over my ear. I thought that would be fun. Or like people the keep muted, trying to whisper to me in my icon. left ear. Yeah, yeah, the mute symbol. <laughs> All right. But people would come up to me and try to whisper. I'm like, I'm fucking deaf in that ear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So do you have anything like that that you um that maybe you like overcame and made a different decision to choose to not be in self pity about other than your alcoholism? Do you have something like like that? Um, I have a I have a few things. Um I really think my sobriety is the biggest one. Um, because I live in a state, Utah, that's very mm-hmm. highly Mormon and they there is a huge like addiction issue in Utah, but mm-hmm. um the predominant religion they're really hush hush about things like that. You know, you don't talk about that stuff. You don't live openly like that. And so, Mm. um, you know, I was really fearful of telling people I'm an alcoholic more so than just, um, your typical, like, you know, feeling embarrassed about being an alcoholic. Like this was a whole social stigma thing that was really heavy and it wasn't like, you could really tell anyone. So I didn't for a long time. Um, but then eventually I started just being really open about it and magically people would come to me saying, how did you do it? You know, um, I've got, you know, my boyfriend that's, I think is an alcoholic or I've got this person who I don't know what to do, how to help them. And that was really freeing because not only was I mm-hmm. no longer embarrassed to be an alcoholic, but I could actually use it for good. Um, so I yeah. really, you know, that's probably the the only one that would be relevant to share um, right now. But sure. it, it really, it really is um, about your attitude. And I think you kind of really hit it that you have to come to that acceptance before you can do anything about it, you know? anything positively because there are times where like I'll, I'll be talking to my husband and he's trying to give me solutions. He's trying to say, well, did you think of this? And I was like, can't you just let me vent to you and be sad (laughs) or be mad? Like, can you just not play devil's advocate for one fucking minute and just just let me see my my side? (laughs) But you know what? That's, that's like the amazing thing about him because he'll, he'll like say, have you thought of this though? Like, it's probably not all about you. And so I appreciate that. But at the same time, let me have my pity party. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard when you want to stay in that, but finding acceptance and then moving towards a solution. Otherwise you're just going to be stuck. Like it's not yeah. going to take you anywhere. That, that, that is absolutely true. Like when I, uh, I really uh, relate to one of my job uh, loss, right. And I was really trying to find a job and that was a real tough thing because that's another thing that I like every day would have to get up and be like, okay, again, an emo box full of rejection, right? You guys that are listening or been long time listeners know that like, that's what I was feeling. It was just, but I really, I, you know, I was told by, you know, uh, different people, um, and, and people in program, uh, like, you know, Hey dude, like you're doing this really well. Like for what you're going through, you're doing it really well. And I just thought, okay, like that was good because I was every day I get up and I would, I would just, okay, that sucks move on right like start submitting again go find another 
you know, application, go fill it out, da da da, do all that stuff. And I just, I just continue to do what I need to do. And I can, and, and that's the decisions of like, it's that dogged persistence that you need in terms of your recovery. And I learned that, um, in recovery. And then that applied to, you know, my job. And, and, and I use that same dogged persistence of like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks today, but you know what? Like I'm just, who cares? Let's, let's move on. Let's find the next thing that's gonna like, you know, like, just keep chipping away at whatever that thing is. And, and eventually it'll change. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep trying to find, you know, different solutions and different alternatives to your problem, it will come. And again, you know, I, I they talked about, um, uh, going into the rooms of, of AA, right. And, you know, the humor and the, in the, and the, um, you cannot, um, that shit is totally invaluable because, to me, without other people's perspectives like that, all I have is my own little shit shit mm-hmm. camp up here, and uh, and and when I can hear somebody else kind of like playing it off or um, you know, with a little humility and some humor, it really does, um, it does level it out for me and makes me realize like we're all just we're all just human trying to do this thing again one day at a time, right? Like it's like so so it's not that bad. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, you know what. I don't get to drink anymore, but you know what? There's, there's a ton of people who don't drink and they live lives and shit. So I had to get to that acceptance point and then be able to kind of like turn around and say, okay, so I'm not centered around that anymore, but what should I be centering around? And when it's something, when it's something like AA, it actually gave me like, like what you were saying, like people call it, it gave you some purpose. It gave you some meaning. It gave you, you know, some attention to have in this world. And that's really what, it started to do for me. And whether you take that same thing and apply it to recovery or you apply it to, uh, you know, your family or, you know, your wife or your husband, whatever, like your dogs, I don't care. The fact is, is when you start living for something else other than you, like it does start to feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I, I just saying for me, that's exactly what started to happen. It was like hearing all that stuff in AA and getting that that hint of what it could be like um really changed me really it really affected me and i didn't just drink the kool-aid i didn't just like join the cult it took me a long time because i i was very skeptic of all that shit and i'm like Mm -hmm. fuck you you guys are lying that's bullshit you know you guys go home and kick your dogs i fucking know you do you know (laughs) you you motherfuckers you know Uh, i just can't wait to see you out the grocery store fucking smacking your kid you know i fucking i know that that's who you are you know what i mean like that's what my head was about so Mm -hmm. i was very skeptical and i did not sign but i tell you like as soon as i got to see that like yeah there is a different way to live and a different way to be like i thought that was just a miracle to me that was like miracle living you know that i could be a different person and think differently did not even occur to me because i always said to myself like i'm in essence i'm always going to be this person right i always thought like you know you you a leopard can you know never changes spots right that's a saying for mm-hmm. these old people us old people say shit like that <laughs> like this like in this book <laughs> so these like, metaphors so i uh, um so I always thought that, but now having gone through it, it's funny. Like I, I give people like way more than a second chance now because I know that because of my own change that I know that it's possible. So I don't, I really don't cut people off in that way anymore. I used to, right? I used to be like, you know, 
that person's a dick and fuck them. And now, though, that I see that it's entirely possible to change your mode of thinking and how you behave and act in this world, it's some fucking amazing to me. That's the miracle of this shit. I, I just didn't know it was possible. So stuff like this really reminds me that it's like um, that that self-pity used to be a real big part of my life, that I really used to enjoy it, and that it was something that I I almost took on as part of my identity. Shit, I wore black for six fucking years, you know? It's like <laughs> that was something I did. I am you know? misery. Yeah. Yeah, just, right? Just, I'm going to name my first, my next child misery. Yeah. <laughs> and morass (laughs) so and morass of self-pity that would be that would suck (laughs) self-pity get over here you little fucker (laughs) (laughs) so chelsea um i guess i guess that's kind of all that's all i have on that one other than like i don't know what it means to go on a crying jag was jag like something a word that they used back then that just seems so weird to me you're closer to that time than i am it's, it's probably a military thing i don't know Maybe it's I have <laughs> either no way. Idea. Um, Chelsea, I I think I'm I, I'm exhausted with this topic about self pity. What about you? Yeah, I'm over it. We we didn't come up with a a question though for the uh, Spotify people. Uh, what should oh. it be? What should um, it be? Should it be something like, uh, what's something you? had a pity party for i don't know um oh how about how about we keep it in the solution how about we go for um what's one thing you do to try to get out of self-pity oh i like it would that that'd be good yeah Yeah. it better not be a one, just fucking one thing. gratitude list just <laughs> if that helps you it helps it might be you. a gratitude list it might be a gratitude list so at, at, before we go though uh when a souffle falls we say it proves that we never could and never could do anything right. Have you ever, uh, by the way, had a souffle <laughs> fall? No. What the fuck? I don't even. I don't even know. This is like is. some it's, no, it's distinguished it, gentleman that's just yeah. so sad all the time. My uh, souffle. Um, pardon me. My souffle has fallen. <laughs> I can do nothing right. Seriously, I. Yeah, I was like, who is this person talking? Uh, I would yeah. like a word. Yes, I, I'd like some explanations about wh- why this dude is in the kitchen cooking souffles. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, I mean, there's some people like, you know, for instance, um, you know, there's there's some people down in uh, in Australia that actually are like chefs and stuff. And they'd like to. I know. You know that listen to the show. And um, oh, oh which by I the way reminds me. Yeah, he's like, I bet he's like, motherfucking my fucking souffle, bitches. Right? He's all manly about it. But uh, um, uh, it reminds me, we, had, we uh, um, that meeting for uh, the the SOS meeting. Oh uh, yeah, I, I've gone I've gone the last two weeks, and I think it's been fucking super awesome. I just can't tell you how awesome V is. Like, just you know, it's it's just such a chill meeting. I totally recommend this to everybody so it's uh it's 4 p.m uh pacific standard time which is 5 p.m central which is uh wait no, no it's 5 two, p.m mountain wait, no, so 6 p.m central 5 p.m mountain and then what would that four hours i went back and reverse <laughs> so so it's seven uh uh eastern so in the united states and then if you're around the rest of the world i don't know look it up Good on luck. your fucking phone okay <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> 
But no, it, it really is a super awesome meeting. And I tell you, I I um it it's a uh, it's like one of those meetings, and I don't know if you ever and because there's no like real there's no like AA association, NA association. Really, it's just kind of like both, right? So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a blended meeting. Um, and they even read like uh the the AA twelve steps, but then they'll read like the NA traditions, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just it's really different, in, you know, in that way. But it just seems so casual, and it makes me like open up. And I hate I hate meetings like that because then you like start <laughs> finding shit out about yourself, right? That you you're didn't like, want to know. No, you start saying shit that you're like, oh, I don't want to say that out loud to anybody, but there I am, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's 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 a pretty nice meeting. I really enjoy it. I think V is doing a good job. And there's a guy on there, um, you know, uh, who helps seems to be helping directing the meeting, uh, uh, and it's just super nice dude as well. So it's been. It's been a super cool deal. So I'm really glad that they are our official meeting of the Silver Pod podcast. And, and I highly recommend that you consider going. Oh, all that's available on the website as well. So you go to silverpod.com and you can see you scroll down to see the little red framed box. This is SOS. And all that stuff is there for that Zoom meeting. If nice. you are so interested or inclined. Um, you have anything to share with the. Oh, we're also part of the Fire Network. Don't forget that. Uh, that's the Friends in Recovery um, Enterprises. And uh, what that means is, is that we are a conglomerate of sorts. We really want to take and start housing, um, you know, links to other podcasts, other recovery content, whether it be an app or I don't know if you, I don't know, maybe you do a comic book on recovery. I don't know. But we really want to start tying those things in more. So uh, we're starting to build like, you know, uh, basically just a database of all the people that are participating in that. So if you'd like to, uh, please send us an email at info at silverpod.com and we will send you some instructions on what that's all about. That's it. That's all I got. And then you can find SoberPod on Twitter at SoberPod. You can also find us on Facebook um, and join SoberPod Live, our private group. So I believe it's facebook.com slash groups slash sober pod live go to sober pod on facebook or, or and you'll find be. it in there <laughs> we know what we're talking it, about it, it okay. is facebook.com slash groups slash sober pod sober pod okay well i was almost there um and then on sober pod live we have bang and bod phil making you sweat i am so out of shape and I appreciate that Phil is doing a beginner's class because I can do hardly one set of anything in the beginner class. I know. And and I I think that he really like underestimates or overestimates our conditions. Yes. Like it's nothing like being in like wait, underestimates us. I don't know which one underestimates us. Because really I, I like I I said I cannot I can do like the leg lifts things or like I can do like this little planking thing and I start to shake and because I'm like, trying to follow along you know and <laughs> and it's like you like got to work on your core and I'm like okay like I obviously got you go know, because my lower back I got issues with my lower back yeah but, you know, I'm fucking fifty years old man I'm I'm sitting there doing this plank and I fucking start to shake and I am like I'm like he's got no he's sitting there talking the whole time <laughs> and I'm starting to shake and I'm like dude like. There's no fucking way. I can only do about half of what he does. So, yeah. But I, I yeah. still appreciate I think, it I because 
it's it's useful like even if you can only do like 20% of it at least you're doing something right and you're like oh that's yeah, a muscle yeah. I didn't know I needed to work out hmm interesting and a, and a body in motion stays in motion that's the idea so you yes. know now that you're sober in you know um have the ability like you kind of want to try to extend that life that you <laughs> you know, you know yes. what I mean? Like now that you got it, you kind of want to keep it. So, and you also want the quality of, of your life to, you know, be uh, tolerable, you know? So, yeah. So I actually need to start working out my back as well. Cause otherwise I'm be running around here in crutches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm so out of shape. So out of shape. okay. Anything else that we got going on? Um, I feel like we're forgetting something, but I don't know what it is. It's it's okay if we forget things, by the way. Okay. You know, okay, I mean, well. really, there's like, what else are we going to do? You know, um, uh, I just like, I, I would like to thank, you know, some of the people, though, um, that are um, uh, members mm. uh, uh, on the uh, com slash member. Uh, you know, so because we do have like a lot of extra articles, materials. You can watch this podcast with us on video. You can watch me because I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> and that's fun and then um and then uh, uh again doing that basically is really what keeps the the podcast going you know to be a subscriber to that stuff and you know i think it's like two dollars a month so you can go on there and you get extra information and then you can get see you know a little bit behind the scenes of what goes on um and that's really what kind of keeps the podcast going you know we have hosting fees we have email we have like i don't even know what else we have uh, oh uh zoom we have now Riverside FM. So we have like, you know, some monthly expenses that go along with this stuff. So um, more or less, I, you know, I've been paying it out of my pocket, um, but we're, we're starting to move to a point where we can break even, which I think is awesome. And, mm-hmm. uh, and my wife really appreciates it too. She's like, oh, your hobby's <laughs> not so expensive now. But, uh, but yeah, it's really helped out a lot. And I'd like to get, you know, just, a, you know, I guess just a handful more just to kind of push it towards the, the break even standpoint. But what we'd really like to get to is a spot where we can, you know, um, use that money for other services or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, again, we, we've never taken a dime from it. We've always tried to give back to the podcast. So uh, if you are so inclined, please do. We've always tried to make it a valuable thing for you to do. So thank you. That's yes, it. Yes, thank you. How's that? And with that, I think that's it. That's it. I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is it. All right. So we're back in the groove now. We're going to be going back to our living sober days. Um, Again, don't forget to answer the questions on on Spotify and all that good good stuff. Chelsea, what, what does the Chelsea say? Deuces. What does Carl say? I don't want to say anything anymore. I don't want to say anything. Carl. Carl says, okay. Okay. See you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) All right. Stay active. Stay sober. See you. (laughs) Stop. Stop.